0: All right, well, welcome to another of these Ecclesia Conversations. We are talking Jesus, church, and all things church planting. Today, I'm so pleased to be here with Steve Collier and Mike Walker. Guys, thanks so much for being, being here with us.
1: Great yeah, to be here. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> fantastic. So we've got the vicar and the associate vicar of St. John's South End. That's right.
1: That's it.
0: Yeah. And what's exciting about this is if other if you've listened to these conversations so far, the first one I ever did was with Tom Lowe uh, and Saint John's has actually been planted out of Tom's church, uh, Saint Michael's and All Angels Westcliff on Sea. That That's right. It. That's right. Well, guys, look, tell us a bit about yourself, Mike. Do you want to start start off?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. My name's Mike. I'm uh, 38 now and uh, not long been in ministry, actually. I uh, taught maths for quite a few years, but uh, switched out of that. number of reasons why, but switched out (laughs) only in 2016 or so. So um, went through Vicar Factory and uh, got on board with St Michael and All Angels. And uh, a few years later, I'm still actually technically at the end of my curacy, and yeah. uh, doing a church plant, which is all very exciting. I feel hugely privileged, um, but that's that's kind of my ministry journey. I have a wife, I have three kids. They're growing up now. My eldest is going to secondary school and uh, yeah, it's all getting a bit more complicated. So that's fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're repping the, uh, the vicar out there, fantastic. Yeah, First put it on just on. for you. Yeah, yeah, that's right, nice one. Next next time I might get mine on as well. It's official. Steve, tell us a bit about yourself yeah i'm steve collier and
2: um yeah i mean sam we've known each other a while haven't, haven't we actually because yeah, i yeah. I, I, was at, I was at whitcliffe um with tom low training for ordination back in oh, er, the early 2010s so i think 2009 to 2012 i was ordained in 2012 i did my curacy in london then i did um uh, i was i did a i was team vicar down in sussex for a while uh, merged a couple of churches together became associate vicar then and then i heard about this um this new project that was going on in South End. i'd been chatting with tom about it for a, maybe even over a year um on and off and then mike came on board and then there was this opportunity for someone to come on board um uh help be part of the team but then also be thinking about um what's the next step after saint john's and uh so, Yeah, that's why I've come along, and it's the mm. exciting project. Uh, I've really felt a good, a, a real sense of calling towards this actually. And it's mm. just the bonus is um, that I already knew Mike and Tom, it's great to be able to work with people you know. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, a lot of, a lot of church leaders um, would, uh,
0: would give anything
2: for that. Uh, mm. It's a real gift,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, like I said, it's, it's a few years since I've seen you guys, but uh, great to be able to reconnect. And we're going to hear something about the the story of the church fund so far. I want to get into your heads a little bit about how you how and why you've shaped the church the way that you, you have. But before before we do that, I kind of want to step back for a little bit, because I'm interested in the thinking behind all the, the action. And so I, I want to ask a question that I've Ask most people who come on this, uh, this, this these videos, this podcast, what is church? Who wants to kick us off?
1: I don't mind. Um, well, I kind of have a textbook answer and then I, and then I have my own kind of answers, which I kind of dish out and they change from week to week. So I did, a, I did a marriage the other day and, um, a bit of my sermon was about saying sorry to one another. And I think I said in that sermon, um, church is where sorry is made possible. Um, so I had this whole thing about, um, you know, because of God's forgiveness, we can say sorry to God and find forgiveness. And that motivates forgiveness toward one another, both in marriage and in church life. So I kind of set up this whole thing about, uh, you know, church is the place where sorry happens. Um, but that was just that was just Saturday. So um, nice line. <laughs> I, st- I think I think I would want to say I would go back to the textbook because I think it is important. And I'd want to say it's word and sacraments. I I follow some of the big theologians on that one. You gather, we gather as a church when we're sat around listening to, hearing the word of God preached and taught. And we understand it and it's going in and we're following after, you know, the word of God preached. And we're gathered around the sacraments of the church, you know, the baptism and holy communion and i do my my i think the re i'm more and more sacramental as i go on in my uh you know ministry life because um I'm, i find it so precious this idea that anyone can come in through the waters of baptism yeah. there is no there is no sort of uh, prerequisites baptismal water um it, it's it's um It's open and available to absolutely anyone of any age in the church of England. And in you come in through the doors, they're wide open for anyone. And that's why the church is full of all sorts of random people who rub each other up all the wrong ways. So the entrance is baptism. And then the thing that holds us, the thing that kind of makes community out of us is is the body and blood of Jesus. We gather around the table and we remember his, commitment to us and his sacrifice and death for us and made forgiveness possible, sorry, possible for us uh, so that we can continually, you know, we make a memorial of that. And then uh, we say sorry to one another and um, forgive each other and live together in this unity that we now have in Christ um, as the church. And so that would be my sort of little two minute answer. Word sacrament, And um, those sacraments really shape the life of the church as um, anyone can come in. But once you're in there, you're this complete rabble Mm -hmm. of people from all over the place and all kinds of personalities held together, united. um, And because of Jesus and what he's done for us, body and blood.
0: Oh, fantastic! You are a good Anglican vicar getting an article. But it's deep, man, and of course people might come back at that and say, "Well, isn't church so much more?" And we'd say, "Yeah, yeah, but it's not less than that, right? Not less than word and sacrament." And uh, we'll get into your head about uh, what that looks like for for St John's. But uh, love that, Steve. Anything to add on that?
2: Yeah. Did you prep Mike for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah have that before because i've not been prepped for this at all okay <laughs> my um my answer is probably going to be a little bit less i i, I think i want to take this back to real basics and just say what is the church i i want to take it back i mean some people might take it back further and there's good arguments for that but i want to go back to genesis 3 and i want to say the church is well in genesis 3 we we get the lord himself proclaiming the promised seed who will come who's gonna who's gonna bring them back into into wonderful relationship and union with with himself um through the crushing of satan's head which we see on the cross that great prophecy of of the lord jesus christ i kind of want to go back to that moment and say from then the people of god were gathered around that promise um, and that work of of jesus and it's god's people and then down the ages every 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 uh, every generation of of the church is gathered around that one that one promise so it might have taken and been expressed in lots of different ways uh, throughout the old testament and the new testament but ultimately it's that one promise that at the center of everything at the center of the universe at the centre of, um, you know, the world, at the centre of our nations, at the centre of our society and culture, whether we realise it or not, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we gather around him as the church, some people have got their back to him. They're not interested. But as we gather around him and we look to him and we trust in him and his work, that's the church. So I guess it's it's a simple answer, but I think we can... Mike gave a really good answer then um, because of course you know we we have structured our churches around all sorts of different things which are really really useful and helpful. I guess the that, that part of it though and I'm a big believer that you know we that we need to have priorities in ministry the, the preaching the sacraments priorities etc etc but I guess that when you when you strip it all back it has to be that one thing that we just gathered around, Jesus and his work. And that's it, as simple as it is. So I don't know if that's a good answer. No.
0: It is, absolutely. And, you know, every time I've asked this question, you know, people have had different angles on on this question. But really, and it's like your two answers, different in a way, and yet you're saying the same thing. It's like we gather, church is gathering around Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Mike says, to, to hear his word spoken, actually to taste him, as well um i love that guys i love that and steve you're wanting to say that that church is not like just something that's dreamed up at, at even pentecost or new testament you want to say actually yeah, no, I know. right at the beginning
2: that's controversial and i think the bible scholars would probably take me to task on it maybe but i'm going for that yeah i'm going to be bold on that one the assembly in the old testament um yeah we're, we're, were gathered around that, that that promise of the promised seed and it's no different today we've just seen that promised seed come we've seen his work we we experience the holy spirit and the and the um the reality of that in our hearts as they did i mean it's this is it right that that's that is at the center of everything And if we lose sight of that because we could get wrapped up in all sorts of different strategies of how we grow a church etc etc and some of that is real worth goodness me i mean if you read some of what kim uh, kim teller or tim keller is saying (laughs) kim teller's his wife (laughs) but um if you write read some of what tim keller's you know really useful and helpful and really helps us to get our heads around especially when we think about church planting how are we gonna encourage this church into growth etc etc um but ultimately those things still need to be built on the foundation of and the ultimate at the center of of that is that we get just simple strip everything back. is simply that we gathered around jesus it's as simple as that
0: and it's always been the case since the beginning of humanity mm. glory and mike's nodding as well i think we'll both stand with you in that in that fight mm. church is church is god's plan a not a plan b right yeah. amen um, do you think that this um this last 18 months has helped us to think some of this stuff through and like you say steve almost forced us to to strip some of that some uh, some stuff away and get back to the basics just back to jesus and gathering around him do you think does that helped? is that been something you guys have been thinking about
1: i i could speak into that i i if, if anyone by the way if anyone's listening to this who is church planting this might be an encouraging story so um even in the midst of a busy planting regime like and schedule that we were trying to put this whole thing together Um, with a group of people who, you know, were coming on this church plant with us, almost the most key times, you know, when we're just about to launch or just about to do something big or have big, you know, important meetings to decide things, there'd always be stuff coming up in our life together, you know, as in there'd be friction somewhere or there'd be upset, disappointments, um, people getting, you know, whatever. That was coming and it often came Right at those key moments when you're just like, oh, do you know what? We're literally, literally about to launch like next week, you know, this church plan, and uh, or we're just about to do something mega, and uh, you know, then you'd find out that someone was really upset, or and actually, you know, in that sense, it did, it constantly hit the reset button for me because you know, I was going along and having you know conversations and with with various people and going, look, this is church, this is this really is church, like when we're. It's not when we're turning up to these, you know, fancy meetings where we're planning stuff. Um, It's when we're interacting with each other and we're finding that hard and we're finding it difficult um, and rubbing up against each other. And there in that moment, we've got the opportunity to, uh, to love each other, to forgive each other, to express something of the forgiveness that we've been shown in Christ to each other and to, um, And to do that when it's very hard and when we feel very under pressure or we feel very upset. Um, So we were constantly actually, even in the middle of loads of church planting activities, we were constantly um, having to come back to this idea of, yeah, we're a gathered people. We're gathered around the promise. We're gathered around Jesus. Uh, We're a community that's gathered by him. And uh, that has to be at the center always. Otherwise we're going to lose our way very quickly.
2: Yeah. And the thing on that one is, of course, as we're beginning to form a church um, from you know from from nothing in a sense and Im- imagine together how church might work. Of course, you've got thirty people in the room. You're probably going to have thirty different ideas of how some of that stuff's going to work, right? If you're relying on that stuff uniting you and pulling you together, mm-hmm. you you're going to be in chaos and you're never going to be united around that stuff. You need to have something
0: greater. I think that that's what we found, wasn't it, Mike?
1: Totally. Hmm.
0: That's really really helpful, and because because you guys, we'll get into the the planting journey in a minute. But you 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 know when you're planting, you've got a blank canvas. You, you know you can put, well, you can think about what you you might want to do, how you want to shape the church. But do you find like in leadership, you have to constantly push back against perhaps some of the entertainment age and the faddish culture that we have, and that temptation to put on events or start this new thing or. Do things slightly differently month by month. Do you find you guys having to push back against that, even in your own hearts?
2: Steve, um, yeah, maybe we need to push back against that a bit more. Maybe we've got, <laughs> maybe we've been taken captive. I don't know. Uh, I think we, I think us, we, we both see probably. I'd might speak for myself, but um, great value in. Um, using the language that our culture uses to some extent so and and by that i think i mean what i am meaning is um you know having at least addressing some of the priorities that our culture has so if you're looking at young adults for example you might think well look young adults are currently probably quite consumerist in i mean this is very general consumerists in some respects they want to come and consume potentially initially they expect things uh, you know they can go to a to a concert for a tenor or whatever and it's going to be great and they can go and be entertained you know those are some of the priorities and the places that culture's at um if you want to start to speak to those people you're you're competing in a sense on those types of levels so I want to say, I think it's worth addressing that at least, that like you need to think about that and think your way through, goodness, you know, are we going to even attempt to compete in these arenas or are we just going to like do something totally different? Different churches will come up with different answers to that and that will be appropriate maybe for their context or whatever. Um, I think in, in some of those ways, I mean, we've tried to make our online, contact, our online content nice and swish and, and, uh, and groovy, don't use words like groovy not... <laughs> baby. <Maybe>, uh, <maybe. laughs> nice and um you know nice and swish and, and a bit slick and so it is appealing to the to the age where what things look like matter etc etc so you know we've we've tried to do that but ultimately we know that that's not actually um you know the the priority that that's not actually what's what's the meat of it that might be a bit of the wrapping but the what's on the inside and um, that's where we're not willing i guess in a sense to to compromise or or to address, speak in the way that our culture is because we want to say something very different i'm sure and i hope from what our culture is so i guess i guess with a little bit of that wrapping wrappage around the outside i'm sure wrappage isn't a word either <laughs> Um, you know, we're, I, I guess I'm happy with that. Um, mm. you know, and I, and throughout the ages, I imagine the church, you know, if you go back, you know, throughout the ages, different, um, different generations have done that in different ways. It's always going to be a, a touching point where, where culture meets church, mm. uh, where mainstream secular culture meets church. But yeah, I think it, it, you got to be careful around that area. But I, I think it's not something where I'm willing to go, no, I'm just not, I'm not even going to address it. I'm not even going to talk about it because it's anathema mm-hmm. and we are church and we do things how we do it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still happy to to look at some of those things. I don't know what you think, Mike. Yeah.
1: I mean, I just look at the building we're in. Um, we're in a, we're now in a sort of a 19th century. I think it's built around about the 1840s, the church that we're currently occupying. And it's a beautiful church. It has incredible stained glass. It has amazing marble structures at the back of the church and, uh, you know, um, sculptures and all that kind of thing. It is a, it is an incredible presentation of the gospel in all of these, you know, windows and things, but also just incredible art and beauty and craftsmanship. And the church before us have gone to great lengths to, um, I suppose, awaken the senses allow people to, um, experience something of, you know, God's beauty and see, um, something of the power of the cross in just the way things are set up visually. So I don't think we're, you know, we're standing in a weird, you know, stream mm-hmm. by attempting to, um, do something of beauty mm-hmm. and that directs people to Christ, um, but I agree you can really get lost in all that stuff and it can suit you, you can very quickly, I suppose, especially if you're looking over your shoulder on Instagram and, on, and all these bases, like these churches that I, we, we're never going to be like, you can look at some churches that have such an incredible, incredible setup and seem to be churning out, you know, production levels that are sky high and, you know, equivalent to any sort of broadcast television channel, uh, you know, if you if you keep looking over your shoulder at that stuff, then uh, you'll get exhausted pretty quick. Um mm-hmm. so it is a it is a fool's game that. But um but nevertheless, like I I would agree with Steve, I want to pay attention to beauty yeah. and pay attention to ways in which we can engage our culture and the people around us so that we'll win a hearing for the gospel and so that people will um get an opportunity to respond to it
2: and and there's and there's a danger isn't there that we get gi- that we give um inappropriate attention or priority to all sorts of things in church it's not just entertainment or everything looking slick or whatever is it, it i mean just think about a very cliched thing that you know what is the church you asked earlier sam what well, is it the building because often you come across um you know the, the attitude that actually this building you know is the most important thing this is the church and the building and we're obsessed with uh, and potentially become just caretakers of a historic building that we find great beauty and of course with no um real sense of um uh, we're not gathered around that promise anymore of, of jesus no. we're actually just caretaking and looking after something of great beauty but we it's lost its value and meaning so i think that can happen all over the place and there's so many different ways that can happen uh, in church life and i think you're right to raise you know the 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 entertainment type thing because of course that's something that especially you know maybe church plants who are looking to go into town centers and things Mm -hmm. like that are having to really grapple with with a missing generation in churches as well
0: yeah yeah Absolutely yeah some really helpful thoughts there and yeah I do love the fact that like the, the, there's a variety in church even across this country and then you think across the world and across history you know we'd look our churches would look quite alien to uh, you know church uh, you know in the 16th century in this country um, but yeah like you're saying I mean buildings can can be great if like I love the fact that there are some buildings that are shaped to present the gospel. Like you walk through them and you're walking through the gospel story and things like that. And that's Mm -hmm. something so cool about that. Um, I mean, we meet in a a library and a community centre. Our buildings don't, you know, communicate the gospel in that sense. And so Mm -hmm. we have to think of other ways. But as you guys are talking, I was kind of reminded. It's a verse I bring up a lot, actually, in these discussions, but I think it's it's worth it. It's that verse in Hebrews 11. Uh, verse 26 where it says moses considered uh, reproach the reproach of christ greater wealth than the treasures of egypt and it's that's i think i'm just coming back to your, your your answers about what is church that it's great if you have buildings that are communicating the gospel it's great if you have liturgies that are communicating the, that are communicating the gospel but like jesus is it you know he he's he is gathering around him he's enough he's greater than the treasures of all all the entertainment that the world might offer so we keep him at the center of everything so that's super helpful guys look Steve you've not got a massive amount of time so I do want to get into some of the story of the church plant so Tom Tom Lowe kind of was thinking about this this church plant and some conversations with people how do we get from there to to where we are today talk us through that guys you go for it, Mike
1: it was certainly a long time. I think the initial conversation was about four years ago that John um, that um Tom spoke to the bishop um, so it's taken quite a while to go from that initial thought to actually being here and on the ground. Um, but essentially yeah he uh, uh, and you know he he took the initiative and even in the Church of England that's possible. <laughs> We've proven it. you can take the initiative. you can sort of make suggestions and say hey, uh, which, is to, which is what Tom did fabulously. He just went right. Well, there's a, there's a church in the central town. There's not an awful lot going on in there. I mean, there was a small congregation, but it was very small. And um, but in a wonderful facility, in a wonderful place. And um, Tom had the vision. He went, uh, look, there should be a big church there. There should be a big presence there. Um, let's try and make it happen. Um, I think numbers were. There was a number of people at the church who were itching for something like this. There was a, there was a growth. There was a real. There has been, still is, a real season of of gospel growth at St Michael's, and so they they were looking for. It. I mean, the church was hungry for a project, mm-hmm. and so uh, in the midst of all of this, Tom just had the idea, approached the bishop. The bishop was keen, um, as was the archdeacon, and you know, off we go. And um, then and then it is spiraled because initially it was Tom requested a curate, uh, a church planting curate, to do this, which was me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that stage that's all it was really when i came on board it was um hey how about uh come do your curacy at st michael's and then you know grab a team of people and go and do a church plant at st john's and we we know we'll try and sort of throw a few quid your way sort of thing that was that's how it started and then um as we got going with it the diocese invited us to make a a bid for uh central church money basically a, a strategic development fund which exists in yeah. London, they they basically have an office in London where they rake loads of cash around on the floor. Yeah, that's all they do. And then <laughs> occasionally, that's they they, sit, <laughs> yeah. they swim in it and stuff, and you know. That's
2: back at the beginning of um, what was that? The duck. <laughs> <laughs> Ducktails or whatever, and he'd dive into all his gold. Cartoon, <laughs> come on, man. This is
0: <laughs> before my time, guys. I'm younger than you.
2: Right, can we do screen share? Look, I'll get it now. <laughs> Go and Google it. ducktales <laughs> Yeah. Ducktails. Woo. <Woo-hoo. laughs> Sorry. That yeah, is before Conversation. <laughs> So yeah, there
1: is a there is a pot of gold somewhere in Church of England. You'd be surprised. No, they they um no they they award they award grants to sort of church planting project projects and and we got we got one and it was um you know reasonably big one um in order to reorder this church building in the centre of town and to put together a team um a little uh, staff team of people to sort of get it get it underway um and yeah. Here we are, mid-pandemic, but
0: nevertheless, fantastic. So, a lot of conversations between initially Tom, the Diocese, Church of England, um, and you're saying four years. So, it's a long, long, old process. Uh, and you, and Mike, you came on board. Just remind us when two thousand eighteen
1: think so I think, like I think the, the initial conversation was probably 2016 I yeah. was in on uh, I was in on it in t- summer of 2018 2018 great. I
2: think one of the more co- most complicated the reason that does sound like a long timeline um, I think one of the reasons for, for that was that there was the, the church that we st John's was part of a team ministry so a town center team ministry of uh, three or four other churches <laughs> which needed, uh, in Church of England terms, um, a pastoral reorganisation, which is a process in the Church of England which takes an inordinate amount of time, about 18 months or something, um, where there's consultations, etc., etc., just to break uh, apart this team ministry, which is one parish with one PCC and all these legal structures, in order to make St John's its own parish with its own pcc etc etc again so that process did take quite some time and in fact wasn't even complete when we when we planted the church right it was shortly after Mm.
0: and and the vision was mike you said there was this church in the in the city center Mm -hmm. it needed revitalizing and i mean tom felt that there needed to be a presence there in the city center can you talk to us a little bit about that
1: Yep, it was the smallest church and, I mean, broadly from a, a more liberal and Catholic tradition in the Church of England. And so that that added some something of a, you know, complication in that we had to, we set up something called a reference group, which is a number of us getting together to talk to the existing um, members of the congregation and particularly the people who are ministering there. To figure out how we were going to do this church plan in a way that wouldn't completely invade yeah. um, and break up the tradition that the church had been experiencing for some time. So there's a lot of, as you can imagine, it gets a bit partisan and it gets a little bit, um, you know, difficult when you're talking around traditions and deeply held values and convictions about things, particularly the Eucharist, you know, bread and wine. So, um, so that was, that was kind of a big part of it. And. Um, we yeah we needed to negotiate that um in, in in all of this and that that took time too um yeah
0: so talk to us about kind of how you prepared to to plant you know did you did you kind of join um st michael's and all angels for a little while develop a team and then plant out of it like that Just focus through the process if you could
1: um yeah so we had basically that the the way we did it was we decided to just call a date i think it was september 2019 it was it was sort of a cross cross over the line i can't remember what i called it church planters assemble or something like that but i did that way in advance i mean i think i did that in june i said look we're going to cross a line in september and if you want to be a part of this plant that's the day to show up um uh, between now and then feel free to have conversations talk with me you know ask me what it's all you know let's talk about it that sort of thing but we need we need to sort of draw a line in the sand so that was genuinely scary it really really genuine because you can imagine i'm just like hey guys speaking to a congregation i'd really love to do this church plant and uh how about it sort of thing yeah. and you what you're worried is you would just turn up on that day <laughs> that saturday that i planned in september and it would just be me and uh that was <laughs> that was a little bit daunting yeah. But, um, but, you know, I think, you know, God was in it in a big way. And we had, um, I had lots of conversations, certainly not, you know, lots of people made their mind up and wanted to stay. And, you know, obviously that's fine. Um, um, and people had different reasons for doing different things, but praise the Lord. There was a really good group of people who began to sort of get a vision for this project and, wanted to one thing that was quite interesting about st john's is it was coming from st michael's which is probably in a slightly more affluent part of town um on the border of lee and west if anyone knows south end but this plant was very much going into the center of town which you know in which certainly socio-economically there's more need i mean everywhere has need right you know for the gospel but um in terms of you know some of the indicators it was a more needy place so um people actually had a passion for that um, people wanted to do that people wanted to serve in a place that was you know on the surface of things at least quite needy mm. and uh, so it wasn't it wasn't a massive um it you know it was easier that, may, that gave people a sense of uh, yeah i'd like to go and be a part of that mm. and revitalize that part that church in that part of that of our town sort of thing
0: mm. and steve how did you get on board and where do you fit into into the story
2: uh, so far, yeah. Well, as I mentioned uh, earlier on, just at the start, I um there was an opportunity that that arose. I think it was after you you were there, Mike, wasn't it? And for someone else to come on board to um be in the well, I guess what might be called the sort of the planting curate situation going into St John's. So. The idea being that, um, well, I was, I was bringing some things with me um, anyway, um, you know, I think we were at that stage thinking I'd do quite a bit of worship leading, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Turns out we actually subsequently employed a worship leader. So that was great as well. And, uh, and I, but I still do get involved in that side of things. Um, but no, yeah, just a, another pair of hands. And then with the specific remit to be thinking um, about the next church plant project um that we might do from st john's and to be honest i've been thinking about that actively for sort of a year Mm -hmm. Uh, before we had even planted st john's it was something that we had been we'd had in our mind at least what's the next step and really you know seeking god on those things um and just praying that it would become clearer um so that's where we're at at the moment and we're, we're still in that process of really seeking god's um guidance on that and there's yeah there's a few few different options and things that we might do um and there might be movement um you know in in the coming months but we'll we'll see we'll see what happens yeah. um but uh, very much i guess you know a similar type of process to what mike's outlined again i mean ultimately at the beginning of this whole process the the point is that we want to see churches grow. We want to see churches revitalised. We want to see more and more people <laughs> come into the kingdom of God to be gathered around that promise, worshipping Jesus, uh, to be lots and lots of pairs of hands and feet for Jesus here in our town of South Southend. Um, so and one of the ways we feel that we can offer to do that is through sort of a church planting model and actually helping churches to become uh you know self-sufficient again to be revitalized uh, to see growth and life and young families and children and all you know all the generations in one church together and and see that multiple times throughout our town i mean there's in our whole borough there's about two hundred thousand people um you know so i think we that's our that's our mission field right there in our minds we're saying well it, it really is it's that two hundred thousand people now, if we've got 200 people coming to our church we're in no way satisfied with that <laughs> in no way satisfied with that so we want to multiply and we want to do that one way we think we can do that is through uh sort of an almost an exponential church planting model yeah mm-hmm. that's, what we're, that's
0: what we're looking at Fantastic. We've got a guy in the diocese who talks about we, we need to plant pregnant churches, so mm-hmm. churches that are ready to plant again. And what I like about what you guys are saying, and we're we're thinking about it up here, is sometimes in kind of planting circles we can talk about like planting somewhere else in the country, or in some cases like planting in a completely another country. Um, you know, and and, and you know, there's there's the space for that. But I do think there needs to be this conversation of planting locally and and saying actually we we need loads of good churches in one area like you say steve to reach like every single person in that area and not be content until we've done that and uh, so yeah we need like you say we need churches that plant churches that plant churches That's
2: yeah i mean awesome. exactly and, and the thing is you know we well look we feel i think mike and tom and i we feel called to south end at this stage uh goodness knows what's going to happen in the future it might be that we get called to plant a church in timbuktu i don't know that'd be great and quite interesting <laughs> and i don't even know really where that is but um <laughs> but i think you're right there's something totally in going okay we've got this area right the lord's put it on our hearts uh, how are we what are we going to do here what mm-hmm. are we going to do here and uh, and i think that we can do better than doing Just one church of 200 people i think there's more there's more than that there's way more than that um uh, mike i don't know what you what you think on that one
1: um sorry on the fact that we've got to plant more churches yeah yeah and i think one of the one of the ways that uh, well one little thing i don't know if this is helpful for anyone but um even in even in my weekly email so we we send a weekly email basically out to the church and every week I start my email, dear church planters. Um and I, I I got that from someone else um who used to address his church like that, um, which is just a weekly reminder. Every week, it doesn't matter whether you've just joined the church or you joined the church ages ago. Um, we're just we're just regularly reminding ourselves that um we're kind of about disciple making disciples. We're about making disciples and planting churches. And um and it's just putting that front and center. So that um, you know we're on our toes, and we're thinking about because you then need to think about well, how what do I need to do to be a church planter, and that that then leads to uh, lots of ideas around apprenticing, you know, and and building up building up people and helping people to fill roles and exercise gifts and uh, follow callings and all that sort of thing, so that you've got loads of people in the church who will be equipped. You know, you'll have a whole bunch of people who will have all sorts of gifts for the body to just go out as a group and and plant a new church somewhere else and all set and ready to go. So, so it's a little thing, but it, it sort of keeps putting it on the agenda for us.
0: Uh, I really like that. I really like that. And Mike, I'm conscious Steve's got to go in a few minutes, but maybe I could just pick up a few a few of those things with you just after Steve goes. Yeah. I did, just before Steve heads off. I did just want to ask you both about you know what does what does church look like i mean okay if we, we you want to plant loads of churches in this one area to reach every single person in that area for jesus but what what does what does the churches that you're trying to plant look like i mean i've looked at your website it's really exciting it's clear to me that you've thought a lot about what you want things to look like what you want to do talk to me a little bit about about that uh, those conversations that you had and perhaps some of the influences on how you guys want to you know, do church if you like to use that expression <laughs> i'll I'd, I'd just say something on that I, just that
2: um i think mike and i you, we were talking about this weren't we uh, recently about uh, very early on um i think mike and i did uh, what did we do a church planters course didn't we with the yeah, ccx uh, center for Uh, church multiplication the gregory center that's it isn't it Mm -hmm. um in london um and i think during that time we had all these sorts of workshop times where we were thinking about things etc and we we were just thinking you know how do you build into a church um so that like you're actually like on the front foot and ready and expectant that you're going to plant again that you you need to grow that it's actually it's a you know you've got a mandate to grow you 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 know it's a a, it's a necessity to grow and train up leaders we're just thinking something as basic i'll just give you an example something as basic as um how the church does small groups right so often i mean i've been a member of numerous churches and numerous small group home group fellowship group whatever you want to call it um i'm uh, more often than right, and it's unfair to many i'm sure but more, more often than not i've found that these groups in churches you, you sort of find them and they and their groups are sort of you know i don't know how many people 10 or so people if that and, and they're and they've been together these people for years and years and years and there maybe has been one person who's come and one person who's gone or but pretty much it's a stagnant little group but there's great value there as well, because they've really got into the scriptures together. They're great prayer partners together, etc. Cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's are good things, but really they're these stagnant groups that aren't really growing or anything like that. And we just thought, well, look, how do we arrange our life together in these groups where we're literally trying to grow, where we're, where we're literally try, we're expecting these groups of mission. So we came up with this idea, we called them hubs in the end which uh, is probably an overused word these days. We call them hubs. The idea was that we gather around specific interests or specific ministries. So we've actually got four hubs in our church at the moment. So we've got Active Hub, which is my one, which is sort of around um, sport and exercise, etc. People who are interested in that. We've got Connect, which is about connecting with the local community in the immediate area around the church. We've got Reach, which is more about, I think they're going to be really thinking about um, reaching out in things like um, courses and uh, and trying to connect with and meet needs of the community etc in that way uh, and then the final one at the moment that we've got is creates, which is creative e people who are all getting together and thinking about how they might be creative and the idea is that as we gather around these things that we're interested in we'll use those as a platform as a way to reach out. And to be trying to meet people, and they become our little mission hubs where we're going out. So, for example, my active hub, we're just doing a couch to 5K at the moment. Now, that's open to anyone to come to, but the goal is actually when Park Run starts back up, we're going to go down Park Run, we have a St. John's running vest on, and we're going to get in there. And we're gonna and we're gonna meet people and they're great places of social and meeting new friends there and we're gonna get in amongst um, in amongst it each week at park run and try and build community there together so that's just one little way and of course the goal of that is that we're growing and in these hubs we're growing leaders as well because of course the hubs have got leaders there's opportunities to to do talks and lead lead etc etc and give people that opportunity so in so you begin to see that in that way there are these quite dynamic groups we also said actually that a hub might not last forever that actually mm-hmm. we might suddenly go well this hub's probably reached this end now we see now a need around this sort of area and then they'd all switch again now each term as well we give the opportunity for people to switch hubs so they mm-hmm. might go i fancy a bit of running this year so we do that sort of thing as well but you begin to see as you build this into the structure of your church that actually you're building in the intention that you're going to grow these things yeah. and they're outward looking and they're outward facing and um you're growing leaders because you know you're gonna to have to go again soon so i think that that's just one little example
0: that's re- really helpful uh steve thanks so much for that and hopefully that's kind of prompted some ideas in some people that are, are listening steve i think you need to go to a, another video oh,
2: Sorry, guys. I'd love oh. to chat. You know, I've got a I've got an important meeting. I'm really sorry. Hey,
0: it's I really appreciate you giving your time. There's so much that I want to ask you, but um, thanks for giving your time, Steve. And uh, hopefully, catch up, catch up soon. Brilliant. See you See guys. You. Nice one. Oh, Mike, if I could keep you for a few more minutes, of course, um, and uh, and just just uh, pick your brain on just a few things that have been mentioned. Maybe you could just give us a couple of minutes on on a few on a few different areas of church life. And mm-hmm. um, one around developing leaders. Um, mm-hmm. How are you doing that? I mean, Steve alluded there to these these hubs, and you're hoping that they will be a, a place in which leaders are being developed. Are there other ways that you're doing that? And are you training people in a sort of official way?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, again, this is just something that came out of the CCX, the Church Centre for Multiplication course. The idea is that um, wherever you wherever you put a leader, um, you tell them to raise up another leader. Um, so, for example, I'm, you know, I'm a vicar of the church, but I need to really prioritise. So let's say I've got a preaching ministry and, you know, I'm doing that quite regularly I can't just do that ministry without raising up other preachers at the same time as, as doing a preaching ministry. So we've got a a team, we're we're quite a small church, but we've still got a nine, I've got nine people, um, who are in a little preaching team who I'm, who I'm trying to invest in and, you know, energize and equip for, for preaching and I'm trying to reproduce. So that's, that's what kind of what I'm doing because I have a bit of a preaching ministry, but I'm trying to reproduce that idea everywhere. So where you've got small group leaders, let's say these hubs that we've set up, yeah, we put a leader in place, but we're also saying to that leader, or those leaders, um, you ne- you need to be sort of looking out for uh, more leaders. like who's the next who's who are you kind of bringing alongside you um, to to help them you know grow up into and f- develop and mature into leaders themselves same with everything same with literally like you know running a tea and coffee um offer at the end of church or whatever you don't just do it like do it with someone at your side um you know don't just set out the chairs on your own because that's what you have to do every week grab someone else and get them to you know that trying to instill yeah. that that kind of idea so that people get people are used and what I you know what I find is and what I find particularly with this plant is actually, um when people feel like they really have a role they, they 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 have um they're kind of mission critical i think people people like to feel like i i'm really needed here and if i'm not here uh, things will it, it won't it won't quite work or things will break down a little bit or it won't quite go so well um i think as much as possible um as a church what, what, what we're trying to do at every level is be so facilitating and so, so equipping and apprenticing that almost everyone kind of feels as though they're, they're really important. Um, and they, they have a really significant role to play and it won't quite go so well if they're not there. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, um, you know, and, but that takes real, you have to be, I mean, even, even myself, I am, you have to be very conscious of, you know, the time I invest in say, when it comes to preaching, preaching my own sermons, like wh- what time am I investing in getting other people to say, write and deliver great mm. sermons as well? Because quite often I'll spend a lot of time doing my own stuff right. and it will easily push out, you know, the, the time that I could be spending with other people and raising them up. Um, but all you, and you need to look at that balance all the time. Otherwise you lose, you lose that sense of investment and bringing others into the ministry
0: that's really helpful Matt. do you, do you have official training that you you run for leaders or people that you're developing as leaders we don't
1: but we i mean we, we we've plugged into a few conferences and there is this ccx does have a, an annual conference which is about church multiplication church growth which we've plugged into a couple of years running um which is a good one because you know it's kind of it's about church planting and things um, but we're just—I th- I suppose we know we don't. I don't have like um, a particular curriculum or whatever I'm following. Um, but uh, there may be some really good stuff out there. But sure. um, but yeah. But it's um, but I think as a anyone who's leading a church plant or you know thinking of doing that, um, you've re- it's it's up to you really to really set that tone so that you get you yeah. get that uh, that sense of training all the way through the church family or should we not say training let's say discipleship i mean really this is essentially this is good discipleship right this is just discipleship this is um growing up together in the lord and using Mm -hmm. our gifts and growing to maturity and you know being transformed by the renewing of our minds Mm -hmm. by reading the bible together praying together and serving together it's not it's not you know i don't think i'm really offering anything that's new under the sun here um, it's just it's just being intentional about that, I suppose.
0: That's really helpful because I was just going to ask you about what does it mean for for you to make disciples. Obviously, Jesus' great commission is to go out and make disciples for nations. But for you, you just wanted to say that's actually encouraging and inviting people into ordinary, normal church life. Is that mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, it really is. And in fact, and in fact, you know, you I think it's it's about getting the getting emphasis emphasis right. And what I've, you know, we're being measured, right? We've given this, we've been given this grant and uh, uh, we have to show um, people that we're making good use of church funds um, with the numbers, you know, with things, with measurable things, basically going up on a curve rather than down. And so there, you know, there's a pressure, there is a bit of a pressure or let's say an accountability in our church life together, which can, can make you feel like it's, you know, we've got to grow, we've got to grow, we've got to do this and that, and we've got to see people saved and we've got to, you know, I've got to prove that there's loads of people in Bible studies and all this kind of thing. And, you know, so that, that can feel quite overwhelming. And, um, and you can go to extreme lengths to just um, see, let's say just numerical growth or whatever in the life of the church and, um, and lose a sense of um paying attention to our our inner life and right. and the way we're being deeply rooted together in the scriptures and powerfully changed by god's spirit and you know meaningfully loving each other yeah. and forgiving each other and settling into a rhythm of life together that um that's able to you know testify to the goodness of god like mm-hmm. you know I, you know, and then, you know, so I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, um, which is very easily done, especially when you've got a bit of pressure Mm -hmm. on you. Um, So you got to keep coming back to, and I, you know, in my own life, uh, you know, particularly since starting this church plant, um, nourishing my own heart in the Lord and um, finding myself, you know, praying and longing for God and, seeking him out and finding peace and
0: look like for you because you know i think the pandemic certainly the first lockdown i think people were talking about like oh the pace of life was far too fast before all this, this is a chance to slow down and yet i think that pace has crept up and up and up to the point in which we're back to where we were before the pandemic maybe even running faster and um, And that can be a temptation in in ministry as well, just to like hurry along and just be busy and fill the diary. Um, So what does kind of your life, you know, life with Jesus look like for you? Uh, Well, uh, very, very practically, um,
1: it's really Sabbath, you know, it's really sort of, you know, Sabbath led. I I have a Sabbath on a Friday um, and that's a day. Actually, funnily enough, Uh, probably the biggest thing for me in my life and my married life has been that both my wife and I are off on a Friday and Mm -hmm. our kids are at school (laughs) (laughs) so that so that genuinely on a Friday genuinely uh, we have six hours that is like um, you know sacred Um, we 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 you know we're not running around looking after kids we're not at work we're not checking emails and taking calls and it's um and we're protecting that time with each other and protecting that time to rest and protecting that time for refreshment in all kinds of ways and including like a spiritual refreshment um we talk we talk a lot my wife and i about church and stuff and and we reflect during those times a lot on you know what the lord's doing amongst us and that so that pretty much sustains me because the other six days of the week is pretty hectic. Um, not just in church life, but I've got three young kids and I've got a, a you know, a working wife who who goes out and, you know, works pretty hard herself as well. So the rest of the week is nuts. And I like, I quite like it that way. I quite like being manic and really busy. Um, but, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a real believer in, well, i think it's godly and a good principle to be a sabbath-minded person who who genuinely has a genuine day where it is everything off and it's kind of just yeah that's how i've that's how pretty much um i've felt sustained over the last few years at least
0: really helpful mike really helpful and And just in terms of church life as well, uh, I I read a a quote uh, earlier on, well, last year it would have been actually, uh, where someone said, following Jesus has to make it onto your schedule. If it doesn't, it'll just remain an idea, not a reality in your lives. And it just hit me. I was like, oh, wow. And Mm. so I think that's true personally. You know, we need to literally book in those times, that Sabbath and those times where we're reading the bible and in prayer and in fellowship and confessing our sins with us that needs to be in our Mm. not just our diaries are all written in but just needs to be a part of our life right Um, And but also i think corporately as well i think it's important Mm. to have a shape to our life together that's helping us follow Mm. jesus and forming habits and patterns as a church that are mm. forming us as disciples of christ mm. what does kind of a, a week look like for for saint john's and then could you just for a few minutes press into the sundays as well and tell us what, what are they what, what do they look like what they about well
1: it's funny isn't it because uh, i mean quite often people say church isn't just about sundays which i can't you know i know where you're coming from but actually it's a great rhythm isn't it just to you know let's not knock that too hard right if we can actually just be there with each other once a week that's a pretty good rhythm like to just get get ourselves into if we're like regular okay i'm committing to being there with my brothers and sisters we're going to turn out for each other once a week so yeah i agree church isn't about sundays but that's pretty good like it's a pretty good basis like it's a pretty good start it's a pretty good place to sort of begin and it's a great rhythm to have um so, yeah, so, that, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, and actually the one, the one thing that, the one thing that we have been blessed by as a church sort of in COVID is uh, Zoom prayer. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know if anyone else has found this, but I've found this, that prayer, uh, Zoom is, 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 you know, it's great for little sort of uh, catch ups and maybe doing a bit of business, but for, for a lot of other things in church life, it's, it's not so great. But the one thing we have found really good is that we can pull together prayer meeting very, very, very quickly, or we can have a regular prayer meeting. So we have a 7.30 a.m. prayer meeting on a Tuesday. We have a 12.30 in the midday prayer meeting on a Wednesday and an evening prayer on on, um, eight o'clock on a Thursday. So we have we have three little prayer meetings. They're all half an hour. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, they're all on Zoom. And right now I have no intention of putting them back in person because everyone can jump on. We get good attendance at those prayer meetings everyone jumps on zoom you know we we read the bible together maybe a couple passages you know we pick up a couple themes then we pray and everyone switches off and we're all sort of back in our homes like with zero travel time so we get a lot of buy-in for prayer um on our on on zoom prayer and um you know i've found that as well you know midweek to be powerful like really powerful getting lots of people to do it of course like we get different people to lead it and different people to get involved and stuff like that but um but just the accessibility of it that you can do it from anywhere so people are literally turning up with their cereal turning up at work turning up wherever they are you don't have to because because i was steve was saying we're quite a gathered church you know people live quite a long way away from the church so to say come in for a prayer meeting 7.30 on Tuesday morning would be ridiculous for so many people. It would be, it would take ages and people have got to get ready for work. But if people can grab a bowl of muesli and turn on their phone, and just pray with the brothers and sisters for a few minutes that's so accessible and i don't think we'd have discovered that were it not for covid so that's one thing that's lingered on sorry man you wanted to talk about Sundays. no 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 uh,
0: but the week stuff is is helpful as well i I mean i agree with your point earlier when i was young like it was you know i think the culture kind of was sunday only christianity and I, i think i've reacted against that and uh started talking about that oh church is the whole of life sort of thing but then you I found myself returning really to that Sunday is the heartbeat of all that we do it is that one time we all come together to worship Jesus and really the rest of our life flows from that Um, and and yes we want to be those who, who don't give up the habit of meeting together and that we do have Times throughout the week where we're coming together to encourage one another, spur one another on, Um, but but you know, uh, and and that those Sundays really are feeding into that, but also into our home life. I mean, when I met with Tom and we had this conversation, he sort of talked about you know the tabernacle um, and then the synagogues and then the tents. So to the tabernacle life being the Sunday morning, everyone comes together, that spills into these kind of local kind of what he sort of described the midweek gatherings, which, you know, then also kind of flow into the tents, the home life. Mm -hmm. And I like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's sort of stuck with me. Mm -hmm. But That's really helpful about uh, prayer there as well. But throughout the week, are there other things going on as well? Well, a lot of a lot of that is just ad
1: hoc, you know. So people will be meet. So we we don't. I don't sort of want to overly clutter the week with loads of stuff. Um, You know, in terms of a church schedule, we have our small group system, which is hubs, and they're roughly fortnightly. And we encourage people to be together at least fortnightly if they can midweek. We have midweek Zoom prayer, and we have Sundays. And other than that, I know people are doing other things and getting involved in other bits and pieces of christian activity whatever in town or or whatever but i try and just let a lot of that be quite ad hoc and Mm. on people's own you know people taking responsibility for their own christian lives a little bit there rather than rather than kind of overloading the week with loads of stuff i'm rather i'm much more keen on just saying look actually if you can just if you can get there on sunday and if you can be a part of a small group that meets once a fortnight Yeah, that is a really good start, and and just just you you begin to appreciate in ministry, I think, uh, especially as church leader, those people in church life who are just there. Yeah, they're there on Sunday, and they're there for their small group, and even that is so encouraging. Just turning up to it, you know, maybe those couple of things. Yeah, over time, you know, they're there every time all year round you know maybe apart from a few bits and pieces of holiday or whatever but they're basically they're always there there's so much value in that
0: amen to that sundays then just with the last few minutes that we've got and appreciate the time you've given mike just a little bit on what sundays look like for you guys and what 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 your your heart for sundays is
1: yeah, we had a decision to make around what our offer would be on a Sunday morning. In the end, we've we've got two services on a Sunday morning. We have a nine a.m., which is like a liturgical service of Holy Communion, um, which pre-structured and um, has pretty much fallen into the it fallen into the pattern that was there before. Um, and then we have eleven and eleven o'clock, which is slightly different. But they let me just talk about the nine just very briefly because. Uh, we basically had a decision to either do that for the existing congregation there which is a small handful of people um or uh, you know and just basically put something on for these people who were there um in the end i'm not that kind of guy really i'm not the kind of guy to just do something almost for the sake of it or to just like preserve something or whatever it's just kind of not my personality (laughs) so I'm a kind of, I'm a bit of a take the hill, 110%, you know, 24, 7, kind of guy. So I, I, um, so we, you know, we, we wanted to do that 9am the best we possibly could. So I think that was the vision. So it's a full on, like, you know, spoken, you know, Eucharist with, um, you know, we've, we've got a great organ player and a singer and, and it's just a beautiful service. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but it is for quite a lot of people, you know, and I, I think for for a lot of people I've I've got in mind in my sites there I've got a lot of people who I suspect had some sort of um have some sort of history with Jesus you know maybe in their past were raised in a church a bit like this and uh for which it would be quite familiar but for a long time have not been you know darkening the church doors and I'm I I am pretty convinced there's quite a lot of people like that around here and that I'm going for those kind of people at the nine. And I'm hoping that a lot of people who, who might just connect with that will, will, um, will meet with God through that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the nine. The 11 is a simpler setup service of the word. If you're an Anglican, uh, we have it's, 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 that's about, um, that's where all our children's groups are. That's where it's, it's more informal. It's more kind of, I don't know, Ah, you know, well, it, it would just, you know, it could just descend into kind of songs, a sermon and some songs, um, which is kind of what it is. Although I have put into that service quite deliberately what we're calling an all age slot, which is kind of just before the children go out. And um, that, that little slot there is the time in the service when we're, we're trying to do a little bit more. Um, We're trying to incorporate deep christian words creeds confession um you know sharing a sign of god's peace together the kind of things that you would do in the nine o'clock service every week um i imagined what what would a christian look like who just came to our 11 o'clock service every week for a year would they know what it means to confess would they know what it means to speak these deep creeds of the church would they know what it means to share a sign of god's peace with each other i hope the answer to that is yes because in this service each week that will be different from week to week over the course of time we will do some of this stuff together in that 11 o'clock service so it's not complete it's not completely void of some of these other little set pieces in that service but it's still i think that's still that service is still meant to be pretty accessible and pretty um light in terms of there's not an awful lot of structure and formality about it
0: sure no i really like that and uh yeah i mean over the years i think i've 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 warmed to to liturgy and i'm a, I'm a massive fan and um someone said to me you know there's, there's there's so much chaos in the world you don't want that in our church gatherings as well and so there's something powerful actually about coming to a service that is quite structured and um, mm-hmm. because it says you know maybe you've got all that chaos going on in your life and there's, there's tons of chaos going on out in the world but here there's a place in which you can be held and and find the freedom that really comes through order and structure mm-hmm. but i like the fact you've got these two quite different services for, for different kinds of people and that's uh that's, that's awesome what mm-hmm. about the rest of the day i mean do you do you encourage people to eat i mean obviously we're, we're kind of talking outside of pandemic times yeah and um, but you know would you be looking to encourage meals in homes or are you looking to have a, a church meal on a sunday yeah, yeah
1: a we were doing yeah so when we, when we were meeting last summer we did do some picnics in the park and stuff like that um yeah, it's, we're we're planning one for June and we're planning our first one actually for June uh, right after the 21st <laughs> when we can, there's, I have a lot of keen foodos in, in my church who are like, when can we do fish and chips and barbecues and pizzas and all this kind of thing? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be really cool. Let's do it then.
0: Mm-hmm. We're not
1: blessed. We're, yeah, so we don't really have outdoor space. We can't, there's not much we can do because our, you know, we're just limited by um, where we are. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll do a lot of eating together. Um, well, yeah, if these guys have got anything to do with it, we will. But, uh, yeah, and, then, and, that, and all of that, all of that is, um, you know, I love those long. I mean, I, I remember just basically spending all day at church when I lived. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm in a slightly different phase of my life now. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just love I'm the kind of person who wants to just hang out all day and, and do that sort of thing. Um, but uh, it's, it's powerful that and it's, it's quick. you know, people feel quickly integrated into church life when you actually just get some when you long format, that long format hanging out with each other, spending time deep in conversation, you that is a way to quickly feel quite integrated as a newcomer. If, you, if you're spending time eating with people, talking with people, it's a very easy way to get to get people feeling like they're in the middle of things
0: absolutely mike i'm conscious that uh, i've kept you for a long time and there's so much more that i I could and 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 ask you and want to ask you and but maybe one one just final question just in all this church planting journey um and the challenge of kind of doing that through the the pandemic as well is there anything in particular you've learned about jesus in all of this that you'd just like to share with us to end
1: Mm, my goodness yeah, I would say, hmm. you know, uh, the the beauty I think of Jesus and the wonder of the gospel is that, especially when I think you're a church leader and you, it's it's a bit like getting married. I think you know when you get married, your um your wife or your spouse just reveals all your faults to you, mm-hmm. um, and you suddenly realise, or I realised anyway, that i'm quite a horrendous bloke really and i'm quite selfish and i have lots of rough edges and getting married sort of helps you see all that kind of stuff it's happened again to me in church life especially coming into ministry and starting to lead a church i feel like i'm going through that all over again and um there's a spotlight shining down on all my motivations why are you doing this like i i often sort of lament my own motivations for doing things and I look inside myself and think oh my goodness my motives are so twisted and my you know the reason I'm doing things they're so impure like there's some purity there is some like good good motivations there but riddled with selfish ambition and everything else and so it's just that fresh opportunity when you're doing something like this to just praise God for the gospel really that um that, you know, we have favor with God because of what Jesus has done. And so that light can shine, like that light can shine into all those areas and all those twisted loves and all those twisted desires and selfish ambition. You can just, you know, you can let the light shine into all of that and pray it all through knowing that you're loved by Jesus. He's, he's covered over and washed away all my sins. And, um, and it means it frees me up to be, the kind of church practitioner, the kind of leader, the kind of church leader that can just freely let the light shine into all of those, those motivations and, uh, and let, Lord, you know, let the Lord deal with me and root them out as much as possible in this life. Um, but the freedom, you know, the freedom to do that because of what Jesus has given us. Uh, and to be honest about those desires and motivations, as you do something like this is very, you know is so refreshing
0: oh glory that's a a profound and encouraging thought to to finish on mike thank you so much uh for for taking us through that journey and letting us into your mind and and your heart there as well really appreciate that and steve as well um and uh, and god bless on on the coming days weeks months ahead no worries thanks Thanks.
1: thanks for having me on sam yeah bless you bro
0: Fantastic. And thanks everyone for for listening in and uh, do uh, listen to past episodes of, of these conversations and look out for future ones as well.